I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, <laughs> we had a, we had a very exciting night last night. Oh yeah, we did. Um, fun episode planned for today. We're going to be talking about, as we promised from last week's episode, we're going to expand on our Avatar: The Last Airbender conversation. We're going to move it on over to the Legend of Korra. Oh man, I which, love it. Oh my god, premiered in fucking 2012. Blew my mind. Incredible. Also, this is the StoryWorks podcast, in case you were wondering. What? That's what this podcast is? Yeah. I thought we were on the... Uh, fucking, uh, <laughs> so. But it's episode 19. Hi. How did we get this far? It's insane. We made it. We're going to keep talking, I guess. We're here. Davis just keeps his chain in the basement. Uh, he brings us up. Once a week to record us. He says, it's he, Wednesday, boys. He, chain, he chains us to the microphones, and then he chains us back to the walls when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, Not Mother's Jesus Milk. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so we are going to be talking about The Legend of Korra, but first, we're going to talk about something that just came out. Um, By the time this airs, it's uh, been out for a second, but... As of now, in the current timeline, we just played God of War Ragnarok. Ah! We've been waiting so long for this game. So many delays. Uh. But holy shit, it's <laughs> finally here. That was a dark. That was like a Dark Souls one uh. hit emote. Jesus Christ. Oh. Yeah, All right. Dude, it was so, so good playing like that first bit. And we didn't even really do a whole, whole lot. We really didn't. We didn't have that much time to. Um, it went live at 12 a.m., so we were there waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, watching some Chainsaw Man in the meantime. You Watch know us. Chainsaw Man. Um, absolutely blown away, dude. Like, the per- like it looks so good. We, we yeah. played it on the PS5. That's That's what we game on. Um, we're gamers. We're gamers on the PlayStation gamers. Five. There are gamers in this chat. Um, <laughs> uh, the the performance, dude, it just looks so incredible. Now you have recently played. I, yeah, I played through 2018 like two months ago. So how like visually describe to me like the difference that you're noticing? Um, it just looks better. Somehow, I it's... don't know because like God of War 2018 still holds up, right? Like graphically right. to this day. Um, but like the fidelity in Ragnarok is like nuts. It's the, crazy. like the lighting is so much more dynamic than it yes. was before. That's a big thing. Like the high contrast, you know. Like when you started the first time you got control, you just kind of panned the camera around, and you could see as you were panning the camera the different ways that the light was hitting Kratos's bald head. <laughs> and it was a beautiful shine that we saw. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, the lighting is absolutely insane. Um, right off the fucking bat, it proves itself to be as as emotionally 
involved as the first game yeah, was. Yeah, man, it's sad. Uh, it's very sad. Um, I love the bond that you can already see has matured between Kratos and Atreus since the first game. Like it's so you can you can tell so much. Kratos just by the has way. like a lot of uh, trust in him now. Yes, a lot of trust, a lot more understanding, a lot more respect. Mm-hmm. Um, He's no longer boy. Boy, boy. <laughs> you, that, that was perfect, <laughs> dude. That was perfect. Um. What what drew you to God of War 2018? Because it, it was such a big change-up to everything that the series used to be. Yeah, I mean, I played the original God of War games. Yeah, it was on your... It was your number five for your for yeah. our Revenge Tales episode. Yeah. Um, so I, I was already, like, a fan of the series. Yeah. But I just love Norse stuff, too. Right. Like the gods and the Vanir and the Aesir and all that. Um, and so to hear that Kratos was just going to be going there and killing everybody there, I was like, oh, hell yeah. And then I played the <laughs> game, and it's so much deeper than just Kratos killing more gods. Right. It's not just this burning rage, vengeance. There's so much depth and yes. richness to this fucking story, dude. Yes. Um, It, it just, it's, it's, it is a cinematic masterpiece. I'm saying it. No, absolutely, dude. It's like without a doubt. Dude, it the whole the whole both games are shot like the Revenant. It, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's always that over the shoulder that tracking cam. Yeah. It's like it's like they have the fucking like a shoulder rig tracking cam in the mm-hmm. studio. And you know, I mean they're acting out those scenes. Yeah, it's all mocap. It's all mocap. Um and I love seeing the behind the behind the scenes work that they do. Um, it's dude, just it's, fucking crazy, yeah, dude. Incredible, like it just looks so good. The the storytelling already can't take my eyes off it. I'm already second. like sucked into the story. Right. We hit a pretty good uh, point uh, on our ending. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last thing we saw is pretty big. I'd say we probably got an hour into the new game. Mm-hmm. Um. And already, yeah, the cinematography in the new one has already proven itself to be as good, better than the first one. Yeah. Um, such a it, like, like I said when we talked about the Revenant a lot. It's it, I love that feeling of storytelling. This game makes you feel so immersed. Yeah, in the moment. Very in the moment, and I don't. It's hard. It's hard to describe. Like the. The scene that like I all just the cut showed scenes, you. Like, there's no like transition between right scenes. There's, there's and no gameplay. cuts or anything. It's, it's all like just, yeah. you walk right into it, and it's all so organic. I think yes. that is like yeah. the word I was yeah, trying to yeah. hold on to. Um, and all the characters are so fun and unique and real, all fleshed out. Yeah, very much so. Um, and I don't, I, I didn't go into either of these games with much. Like knowledge, knowledge of the gods beforehand, right? I was like, a, I was a Percy Jackson kid growing up, so I was like, <laughs> I was always reading on the on the Greek gods. Oh yeah, no, I was super into Greek gods growing up. Um, and then like as I was growing up, I was like, oh man, the Norse gods are kind of cool too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one line I love from the first God of War is when Balder is confronting Kratos for one of the first times, I think. And he straight up is like, 
I thought your people were supposed to be all big and smart, like like mm-hmm. talking about the Greek uh, mythology yeah. and shit. Um, so cool that you can. Ju- he just makes that. That he just. They're just like yeah. From, he's just fucking going. He just goes yeah. from Mount Olympus and Greece to it, Midgard. It's just cool as fuck. I don't even care about the logistics. It's fucking cool. No, yeah, it's it's dope. <laughs> I'm I'm just here for more Kratos. Oh yeah. Continuing that story. Such an emotional journey by the end of the first one, man. And oh, I don't even know sure. where this one's gonna go. But I'm scared. Well, I mean it's called Ragnarok. So. Well, yeah. That just tells you it's just gonna be bad. It's just gonna be bad. A lot of people are gonna die, I bet. Yeah, dude. Where do we go if if what what's next? In the first game, or like in, in twenty eighteen they showed uh when you're in like Tears Vault. They showed like Egyptian god stuff. Yeah, they did. They did. That's what I'm saying. Are they gonna? Are they gonna? So they could go to Egypt, else? like, and he could kill all the Egyptian gods. <laughs> it just, it's just god slaughter. That's what we're here for. That's what the games were always built up to be. But the, but I love that it's that it has moved past that. Right. It's like. He still has to end up doing this, but at this but point, now he's, he's like just so jaded about it. He's like, "Come on, dude! Like, really? Like, I've accepted what uh, that I am, what I am, but I also hate it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's not pursuing conflict anymore. Yeah, like I don't take joy out of it. Right, like I used to. Exactly, um, and that's what I love so much about the story and and just the family story between. Kratos, Faye, and Atreus. Dude, you get to see Faye in this game, and it's so good. It's so good. I can't wait to see more. I know it's going to show gonna us happen. a lot. Yeah. Um, going to give us a lot of good stuff. So within the first hour of gameplay that we witnessed, what, what are some more things that kind of stuck out to you? Well, I mean, the he's got wolves. They've got wolves now. Love it. We're not we're not boating around the lake in the yeah, uh, lake of nine anymore. Yeah, frozen now. Uh-huh. Um Fimble Winter baby. Yeah. Um Fenrir stuck out to me. Yeah. Um pour one out for the homie. Rest in peace to Aurelia. Um This is just the first hour of the game, so yeah. nothing big is getting spoiled here. Thor and Odin appearing. Is insane to me. The very last thing that we saw was this. Oh man, the I just like the way Odin talks is not how you would expect him to sound at all. But how do you like it? I like it. You like it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, it's a very different route. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it it does fit the kind of like conniving. Uh, cunning, scheming guy that Odin has been like propped up to be. Right, and I think it makes it a super. It makes it a really good counterpart to like Zeus, who was like, "I am Zeus, big, mighty." You know, all about Odin is like presence. very, very small, lanky. Yeah, that really surprised me. I don't know if I, I like, I haven't seen. Yeah, the I don't original. know if I was just wondering. Or, like, imagining him being, a like, not super buff, but a little bit, like, stockier and yeah. taller. No. But no. Not. I mean, it's interesting. I, yeah, I'm, I'm here for see. it. 
more of him. Um, we're not off to a great start no, in not. the game. But I mean, <laughs> things so progress like, quickly. Like we just said, these games are about killing gods. Yeah. Whether you want to or not, that's yeah. what's going to end up happening yeah. in these games. Um, dude, the very quick, very quickly you, you encounter Faye. It's like the beginning of the game. Are you talking about Freya? Freya, yeah. yeah. Um, Freya. She is on a mad, she's hunting her, like, you like a mad dog. Her, like paint on her, or like her like eye makeup. I don't know if it was like meant to look like that or if it was like stained from yeah. crying. Right. Yeah. But it looks so good and intimidating. She's got a twisted look in her eye. Um, she she's, is out for she's blood. She's got her sword. Yeah. And they're just like Freya, we don't not we don't want to do this right Kratos now. Freya's just like, like I don't want to fight you. Yeah. Atreus is like please don't make me shoot you. Right. I mean the connection with Freya in the first game is crazy. She's mm-hmm. such a key player and she helps you so much. You you kind of form a bond with her oh, for to, sure. to to a degree. Absolutely. Um you both bond on like being exiled gods. Yeah. Literally. And she's the one, she's the voice that's there to be like, you know, when are you going to tell a boy? This and mm-hmm. that. You Kratos should, yeah, needs... You need to tell him. He needed that... He needed an outside perspective yeah. to push him. Exactly. I mean, Challenge him. He's a new, newly single father. I mean, he doesn't... Mm-hmm. It's Kratos, dude. Like, <laughs> Literally, like, Fenrir dies and Kratos, like, Atreus mourns him and Kratos goes... It's the middle of the night, and he just goes, it's time to train. Yeah, that was like... He sees that Atreus is grieving, and his response to that is like, let's work it out through training. Yeah. And it's like, it's that might Spartan be how... Say. I was say, that might be how you handle it, Kratos, yeah. but that's not how Atreus, Atreus handles it's, grief. They're, they're very much showing that Atreus is more sensitive. He's mm-hmm. got He's very empathetic. Well, I mean, he can talk. He he can like talk to animals and stuff. Exactly, and that's that moment that he has with Fenrir is really mm-hmm. fucking heartbreaking. Dude. Yeah, like, it hurt a lot at the beginning of the game. They're like, "You're gonna hurt." <laughs> Here, we're just gonna break. Your Do heart. you cry? You will. You will. <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, it's just kind of like his. That's a thing clicks in his brain. Like Kratos is almost staring deadpan. For a second, mm-hmm. while Atreus is grieving, he's just like, he doesn't know what else to do. He's like, yep. time to train? Literally, it's he just throws it at the wall and it's like, this is what I would do. Right. So e- even now, there's still there are still things to work through. And I mean, just as any child it grows up, oh, you go sure. through new phases. Absolutely. And you're already seeing those things in work just within the first hour of this game. And also... I really love uh, Kratos's relationship with Mimir at this point. Yeah, good old Uncle Mimir, basically. Dude, yeah, like, he's just there in the house. He's just waiting in the house. Like he, when when Kratos comes back, he's like he's using like a he's holding like a stick in his mouth that he's using yeah. to like turn the pages of a book. Yeah, so he can read. <laughs> That's too good. The way he greets them when they come home, he's just like, "Ah, oh, lads." Welcome home, brother. <laughs> yeah, welcome home, brother. He's just such a helpful guy. No, I love Mimir. Once they go on their first little outing, and they bring him, you know, strap me to your back, Kratos. Boop. Wham. Uh, 
He's so happy to be strapped back onto Kratos yes. and adventuring. He's like, feels like old times. Yes, I love, I love Mimir, man. Oh, he's he's his a voice kid. actor is super good. I'll fucking cry if anything Stop. happens to Mimir. He's just a head. Don't touch my boy's head. He's just a head. You can't do anything to just the head. The king of head game, because he's just a head. <laughs> You're not wrong. That's all I got. <laughs> You're not wrong. Nothing else to follow that up. <laughs> no, I don't have anything to follow that up with either. I had to shoot for it. No, it was good. I, I liked it. it. I liked it. It was a good. It was a good one. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't think we've been introduced to any other characters besides the ones that we've talked about. I mean, that last... Oh, I mean, one other thing that we discovered within the first hour is tiny, tiny little spoiler. Just hit that 15-second fast-forward button if you don't want to hear it. Uh, Artreus slash Loki is a shapeshifter. He, yeah. he changed into the form of a bear. He was a bear boy. Well, after grieving the loss of Fenrir mm-hmm. and... Um, He's a boss fight, and he's like the first boss fight. That's crazy. <laughs> and he almost killed his bear without knowing, and he shifts, he shifts back into Atreus. God, dude. Um, super cool scene. Yeah. Kratos is fucked up. Oh, I, I imagine that he After would he be, yeah. yeah, and you get to, he's like, like, Atreus is like bleeding a lot, mm-hmm. and he's like, focus on your healing. So you get to see Atreus. He, go into God mode yeah. a little bit, you know what I mean? He's, he's kind of honing his powers in yeah, more. Yeah. Um, so then it becomes a conversation about Kratos wanting to keep him training and disciplined because he doesn't know what powers are going to pop up. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what's going to happen. And now Artreus is like, we got to go find out who Loki is. We got to go find out we gotta go find what I'm meant to do. And he wants to find Tyr. And Odin's like, no. How about... Hey, how about you just don't go look for Tyr and we can have peace? I won't mess with you and you don't mess with me. What do you say? Kratos stands up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Are you actually the voice actor for Kratos? <laughs> I didn't know they hired you on, dude. Yeah, they, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's why that's why it got delayed. Damn. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My schedule was packed for a bit. So. Yeah, they had to little bit of negotiating for the contract. Mm-hmm. They weren't giving you enough uh, green. No, yeah, I need way, way, way <laughs> more. I need at least two mil. That's my quote. <laughs> See, that's my quote. <laughs> Even if I do a bad job, I still get that two mil. Oh, my God. Listeners, you have to watch. <laughs> I think you should leave with you, Tim Robinson. You're going to love it. You're going to get all these jokes after you watch it. Please, if you have Netflix so and you fun. like sketch comedy at all please just watch it it's necessary then come back and re-listen to every single episode (laughs) and you'll catch the jokes yeah is that the joke that i watch all of (laughs) the storyworks podcast episodes twice is that is that it that's the joke (laughs) oh man any uh final thoughts on the first hour of gameplay i can't wait to see more the the fighting felt really good too. Yes. The combat. Yes. Um, playing on the PS5, we did have the the Dual Sense controller. Oh there. yeah, and they they I mean they utilized it beautifully. All I, the I, vibrations, the mini vibrations in the controller. Yes. Yeah. I that was a huge selling point for me on the PS5. I think it's so goddamn cool. Oh, definitely. I don't know how. Uh, there's some people that don't dig it that much, but 
That's yeah. dumb. It's but, cool as shit, yeah, bro. Yeah, the controller is dope. The <laughs> triggers are sick. It's a whole nother little uh, step of immersion. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, no, I don't want... I just want to click a fucking button. Come on. Okay, play on PC then. Play something else. Get an Xbox. We're not going to get into that conversation because <laughs> I don't care. You know, it's not... <laughs> it's not, yeah. But, yeah, I loved I loved what they did with the controller. Just yeah, the, the dual sense the dual sense controller is sick. <laughs> Absolutely, um, it just another note. It ran fantastic. I didn't have any problems with the launch. Yeah, um, except my PlayStation shutting down. <laughs> that's not the game's fault though. That's that's just the PlayStation. That's my PlayStation's fault. <laughs> now somebody's gonna. This is gonna be the first like large set of comments we get on any of our things. And it's just gonna it, be you fucking Sony bitches. <laughs> You get Just what you deserve immediately. <laughs> this is why you play on PC. This is why you play on Xbox. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah. performance was great. No, it was man. great. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I have any more thoughts. Yeah, Just no, really I'm excited to dive excited. all the way in. I'm super excited to see more of that game. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's fucking kick on over. To our conversation next segment about the legend of Korra. So, as I said in the last episode, the legend of Korra was the first series that I watched altogether. Near and dear to the heart. Very near and dear. Or season one, at least. I'm sorry. Season one was. And at the time, that was the only planned season. Yeah, that's it's crazy that they originally wrote it to just be one and done. Yeah. And, and then it was so well received that they picked it up for more seasons. Nickelodeon was like, "Season two next year?" Question mark. Or it might have actually. It kind of took a while, didn't it, for think, season two to come out? I think season two maybe took like a year and a half or something like that. Perhaps. I felt like we waited a decent amount of time for one season. I just can't remember which one. I can't remember for sure. All I know is that after the second season, they took it off the air. <laughs> that's probably why. Yeah, that's that's probably the one I was thinking about. No, yeah, season two came out in 2013, so the next year. Okay. Let me see season three. They were like, we can't air this on television. This has to be on the website. Season 14? I guess I was, uh, I was bullshitting. They I think all just it, came out a year after each other. I think other. so. It, maybe it just felt long because we didn't know what if we were going to get it at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it maybe was like season two came out and everything, and then like season three because it didn't come out on TV and they didn't really promote it super well. Yeah, we didn't realize that season three had come out. Right. So maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I think that might be it because it was it was weird. They played with the show in a weird way. After season one, they were like. You fucking geniuses. You did it. Here's, Beautiful do job. Do a season two, please. And then they did it. And they were like, You fucking idiots. Well, you they were like, Do up. season three. And then they did, and then they wrote season three. And then they read some of the episodes in it. And they were like, We can't put this on a children's show. You think, you think we can put this on Nickelodeon? We can't put this on TV, like on television. And. So they just were like, we're going to upload it to Nick.com, and you have to watch it on Nick.com. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, like, such a 
big show with such a I mean, I don't I won't say I know how big the following was at the time. Yeah. But I was a big follower. Oh, for sure, <laughs> dude. I love Cora. Um I was just so surprised that they I, I know that for mature content that they did that, mm-hmm. but they also I feel like they didn't promote it well, like you said. No, and it was I don't hard think to so. Find. I don't think so. Yeah, it, like you it, don't. The website was terribly difficult to navigate. It wasn't optimized very well. No, not at all. It's a website for like a children's, like, ca- cable provider. Right. So that's <laughs> how we watched it um, on season three. Was season four also online? I think season four aired on TV again. So weird how they did that, but yeah, I think you're right. Um, because I don't think anybody they I don't think they did any on screen like murders. No, no on screen murderizing in that one. In season four, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was just season three. Best, best season. Kino, hands down. Um, yeah, it's just it it took a very strange course, but true fans stayed until the end. Yeah, we did. Um. I like going into it, um, seeing Cora kind of first. I just fell in love with with the series immediately. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the impact of going from Avatar: The Last Airbender into Cora and having some kind of expectations in that way. Yeah. So for you going into the show with those expectations, what was the first season of The Legend of Cora like? I really liked it. Um, I wasn't sure i like i knew that cora was going to be a different character completely from ang right because like there's no way they're gonna make like the next avatar be essentially the same character were, were you disappointed at all that it didn't pick back up with ang um i think like maybe when they first announced the show i was like oh i kind of wish that we could stick with the gang but then i'm like i was like but this makes sense to like right. do progression. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred. It's a hundred years. Uh, or, wait, it, no, it's not a hundred years. It's like I was thinking of the hundred year war. <laughs> I think it's like I think it's like fifty years or something yeah. like that. Because I think people Aang, are still alive. Well, I was gonna say I think Ang died when he was like sixty two or something like that. Rest in peace, King. And he was like eleven during the last Airbender. So fifty years later would be sixties. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, that sounds right. So yeah, and I mean, yeah, uh, Katara's alive, Zuko's alive, Toph's alive. Mm-hmm. We get our legacy Sokka's, characters throughout Sokka the season. is not. Weren't you just waiting the whole time to see your old boomerang? Your I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It'll fucking die. It hurts. It does. We do get some beautiful flashback. Uh, we we know of the you the get to man see like became. adult Ang do yeah. shit. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We get to see Sokka in the flashbacks as My well. My man's which got is a nice. little thin like chin beard, like yeah. chin strap. He's looking going good. And he had a bunch of kids. He had a bunch of kids. He had three kids. My man confirmed fucked. He, Ang fucks. He was like, I'm going to single-handedly rejuvenate the airbending nation. <laughs> oh my god, And was dude. like, Katara, we have to fuck. And it was until Aang was... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude. It's air nomad time. 
<clears throat> so, and then even then, he only had one airbending kid. Yeah, dude, I know, right? Until things happen <laughs> later in the show, um, we are definitely talking about all of Legend of Korra, like we did um, Avatar. So we're going full in, y'all. Spoiler time. It's it's a big thing. Um. So I thought it was just fucking cool as shit that straight out the gate. We have these technological advancements in this world. It's like like steampunk shit. Yes, it's the 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 industrial revolution happened here. <laughs> yeah, dude, they got cars. Republic City like looks like a city. It's like the twenties, baby. It's like mm-hmm. the Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. We got swinger jazz on every corner. Yeah, dude, the fucking. Like whenever there was an episode that came out, the the guy who would do the recap for the previous episode mm-hmm. sounded like a newsie. Yeah. Previously on the Legend of Korra. Yes. Dude. Oh my god, <laughs> perfect. They make him a character too. Like you see, yeah. Yeah, he's like the him. he's like the announcer for like the pro bending. Yes, it's perfect. Also, pro bending is like super cool. Really cool concept. It's like man. a natural evolution of like their society, I guess. Yeah, and uh, you see um there's just so many cool things. I mean, lightning bending is like commonplace now for electricity. Yes. Yep. Uh, People there there are metal benders that are that exist now in yeah. the 50 years that have passed. The whole colony. It's good, you know. Um the technology that you see implemented in Avatar, The Last Airbender, is optimized by the Legend yeah. of Korra. Like, like in like in Public City Police, man. Using I was gonna say blimps. like Last Airbender. Yeah, they have like the blimps and they have like the tanks that like the Fire Nation uses. Yes, but like by Korra, it's insane. Like the ships are look so much more imposing than they did. Oh yeah, before. Um, they're building like mechs. Yeah, they are. And shit like technology's shock, advancing very shock fast. Shock gloves and yeah. There's uh, a <clears throat> so I guess being introduced to Korra. Let's let's start there. Your your thoughts on Korra season one, her character. Um, <clears throat> I like her. Um, she's very headstrong and yeah. I'm the Avatar, and you got to deal with it. Like yes. perfectly describes her character. It, that's the only way they could have opened the show. I I love that. Scene. Um, very much reminds me of my daughter Cora. Yes, <laughs> it's very cool that we come to her, and she's like 17, and she already is like mastered three of the four bending elements. Yeah, I mean, even when she's a baby, she does three of them in small spurts, dude. Mm-hmm. She's a fucking toddler. Unlike Aang, who like had to train, like it took a, like I mean to be fair, Aang kind of mastered them all in like a year, right? Anyways, he did. yeah. But she's had so much time to like learn them, and they all came so quickly to her in the first place, right? Except for Airbending. Yep. Also, like the it, it's super dope that the Order of the White Lotus has like evolved into this thing that like takes care of her and trains her, right? Right, it's like they're. I mean, for for, they pretty much work for the Avatar and for for world world balance. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, at the same time, they're keeping her 
at yes. that one place, mm-hmm. which is a big piece of her character that she's she just wants stuck to go there. out. Yeah, and she does, and I love. Yeah, she does. I love her journey throughout the first season of like meeting Tenzin and yes, oh, meeting Tenzin. Mako and Bolin and Asami and yes, how she like grows throughout. You know, her conflicts with Amon. Amon is such a crazy antagonist, dude. Dude, like, insane that that's, like, the antagonist they went with for like for this kid's show. Season one, they're <laughs> like, okay, new Avatar, times are changing, non-benders are rising what if, up. Yeah, I was going to say, what if we just have, like, equality, like, people who are, like, feel oppressed by benders? That's such a big, heavy, like... Head heavy concept. Yeah, man. Um, it was so interesting to me. Like, as soon as I saw that shit, like it's just, I don't know. And when Cora sees that, it's like, kind of, her, she has a very naive reaction. Yeah, because... she's like, "What do you mean? Like, how could a people feel like, uh, persecuted or mis or like you know, less than a bender? Like, I don't get that. I don't. I don't make. I don't think you're less than me. Yeah." And she, and then it's very like people are just like you know like it's not, it's everybody else. It might not just be you. Right. It's like a systemized kind of yeah, uh, thing. And it's just a very deep topic. It really is. And like that's kind of Cora in a nutshell, honestly. Yeah. It's way more adult themed. Throughout than, the whole thing, man. Like it's it is definitely like the target audience is definitely older than uh. Avatar the Last sure, Airbender. Like I think it was made for the people who watched Avatar the Last Airbender. Me too, man. And um that's why I was so upset to see so much hate and dislike. I mean, I guess I don't I don't know the true scope of like how many people disliked it, but I feel like as it was first coming out, I heard a lot of shit about it. People were just I loved it. Oh, Cora is a Mary Sue. Cora is an Ang. I want the gang back, blah, and blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. If you just want to see the same old thing, then... Bro, there's a whole show about them. Three seasons of them doing crazy, wacky adventures. You go watch them. Go read the comic books, there's comics. Man. Yeah. You want stories of them post the show? There's a bunch of comics about it. Zuko goes and looks for his mom, dude. Yeah, yeah, you've told me about that one. See, I haven't read any of them myself, but it's it's crazy. There's a lot of stuff out there, so don't and they close keep your making mind more. Up. Like they keep producing more comics. Yeah, and I haven't even I haven't seen any of the newer working titles, but the universe just keeps expanding, man. I think they just made one. I don't know if it was a comic. Or, I think it was a comic, but it's like Suki alone, and it's really it's like I think it's her. When she's on the boiling rock, like before Sokka and Zuko. That's like, really get interesting. There. Okay, yeah. And it's like about what she's doing there before they arrive, I think. I would like to check that out. Okay, that's cool. That's like the latest one that I think I've heard. I mean, they do Korra comics too. I know. There's been a few of those ones. And I want to check those out for sure. I, I just haven't really had gone into it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've got time. I've mm-hmm. got time. Oh, I've. Oh, I've got time. Me when I've got time. <laughs> Me when I've got time. Yeah, no, I mean, just how, how I read manga on my phone is just pull mm-hmm. that shit up and read yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just don't 
if you want to see more gang stuff, gang gang, read some comics, go back, watch the show. This is a new era, you know. Take that shit in. Yeah, we're 50 years in the future, man. You want more stories about these old-ass geezers? <laughs> these old-ass geezers. You still get, old head. you know, Qatar. What are you, an old head? Old, you fucking old head. Jesus. <laughs> um, you mentioned Tenzin, fucking J.K. Simmons. Legendary. So actor. good, man. Like, he was the perfect choice. I love Tenzin so much. Dude, he's, he's like, top top tier character it's up to him to teach this stubborn strong thick-headed girl airbending when she's very she's a very brute force and it's crazy because like airbending is all about like feeling like very like you know open be the leaf yeah but like tenzin himself is also very tense he is strict and that's what it's just so it's what four kids does to you, but it's also like his mastery of the elements has been like put to like such a fine form. Yeah. Because it's been drilled into his head by Aang. Right. <laughs> right. And there's a lot of good stuff to be said about Aang and how he raised his children and their family dynamic. It's talked about in yeah. season three a lot, yeah, I believe. Uh either season three or four. It's, uh, I think it's both, honestly. Yeah. But they also talk about it in season two, I think. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. And it's, Aang's not a perfect No, he's father. a human being. Right. <laughs> um, and that's something that we love about these shows. They write very real characters. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do when you have a, when you have, like, a kid who's, like, the, he's going to eventually become the last airbender? Right. You have to download all of your training into his head. Yep. Make sure it's perfect. So you might, you know, not have as much time for your other kids. Ouch. It hurts. It does. (laughs) You get a little family discussion. You get a family discussion between them, and it's it's good. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Um, No, like I said, this show is way more, like, adult-themed. Yeah. They, like... The themes are are a lot deeper and I like more real kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know how like how to describe it because the last Airbender, like, those were real. Those were real threats as well and yeah. very real themes. But it's more. Cora n- just feels darker. <clears throat> yeah. In tone. Yes. And I think it shows fear and anxiety a lot more visually. Yes. And cinematically, yes. with how they do their yes. shots, like when Cora, I'm thinking of when Cora's at the rally when they infiltrate, and she first sees Amon take someone's bending. Yeah, and dude. she is just so fucked up. That's like her worst fear, kind of like realized mm-hmm. in front of her. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, it's like I don't want him to touch me. Nope. I don't want this guy nope. to fucking touch nope. me. Nope. There's like that when fucking when the councilman has her like in the basement i think yeah when tarlock's got her locked yeah, up uh-huh. dude like that felt like scary that felt very scary like claustrophobic and like you were trapped yeah her her confrontation with tarlock when she slips into his office yeah. in the middle of the night i mean these fights are crazy dude 
the, the choreography animation. is like oh yeah like the choreography was so good in like the last airbender like they yeah. literally had a martial arts master as the choreographer for all right. the fight scenes yeah very, and making it authentic i don't know if they kept the same guy but like the fight scenes in cora are just as good yeah and like they use updated fighting styles because time has advanced. Yes. They, yeah. Like instead of having like pure martial arts, some people are just like boxers essentially. Yeah. Stick it up. They just fucking deck you. Bowl in. Y- yeah. Dude. Head ass. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> so fucking good. But yeah, no, just to like wrap up, I guess my thoughts on season one, Cora, uh, just a very good start for a character, I think. Yeah. For the first season. And she goes through, like, her whole... She has, like, that seasonal arc journey that, like, yeah. wraps up very yes. nicely at the end of book one. I definitely cried at the end of the book one when I saw it the yeah. first time. Yeah. It hits so hard. Um, it's She goes on a crazy journey, like you said, even just through book one. Mm-hmm. Um, everything with Amon is so scary. She's really trying to face it in her own way, but all she can think is face it head on. Yeah. Which gets her in some trouble. Um, just the whole backstory of Amon, the blood bending, his Dude, father insane. being the gangster. Yakone or whatever his name yes, is. That, that Aang fought. That Aang fought and went to trial with. And I've he, seen oh, theories that crazy, say dude. that like he killed Sokka. And that's why, like, Sokka's not around anymore. I would believe it. Because he was around. Because, like, Sokka was there during, like, that. Yeah. Like, the, during the During, trial. like, the Yakone stuff. Yeah. But then, like, he's not seen really after that. I fucking hate that. But it could be true. So who knows? It hurts. That's, that's just a theory. That's just a theory. Theory time. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. That shit sucks. The the training that you see them go through, um, that Yukon makes Tarlock and his brother like Unalak, who is a mon. Yeah, just bloodbend each other. Yeah, dude. And we talked about how devastating bloodbending is in the last episode. The bone cracking. Uh, the like, it's, it's like just like, it's the like you're cramping yeah. consistently. Like that I can't even imagine how horrendous that is. All feels. the joints in your body. Right. Ugh. And you kind of figure out that Tarlock, I mean, he's still a piece of shit, but like he was the better of the brothers. Not not really, yeah, though. I mean, yeah. They dude, were both dude, traumatized. Like, I mean, that's just what it is. He was just more political about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Before we talk about, Great like, voice the, acting. Yeah. Before we talk about, like, the end yeah. of, of book one, because, like, the end is insane. Yeah. Um. Just, like, the, when she first comes to Republic City... And she's this like bright eyed girl. Yeah. And then she meets fucking Mako and Bolin and like joins their pro bending team. Yeah. Yeah. The misadventures of Korra. Yeah, dude. And she's episode. just she's just like down bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for Mako. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And Bolin's down bad for her straight Bro, off the bat. Th- like the love triangle. Yeah, dude, it hurts. My poor boy Bolin gets stabbed uh... right in the heart. It's okay. He's still a king. He's he still a king. And he like becomes like a hot king. He does. He does. Um but like the pro bending stuff was super cool. 
Like love the, it. like the three v three teams. Yep, love it. We just we're talking about it. There's a a guest um, appearance of Rami Malik. Yeah, he's as, one of the like opponents that they fight. Yeah, he's like the big dickhead. He's like, eh, we're gonna huh, win. We're totally gonna crush the opposing team. The f- <laughs> you fire ferrets, more like fart ferrets. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Got him. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um. And then yeah, like Tenzin's kids also, because Tenzin confirmed fucks hard. Tenzin fucks hard. Tenzin's like we really Tenzin's need like, to get this I'm thing going. I'm going to like, bring everybody. Yeah. I'm bringing them back. And he, he, he married. Did. He married a woman, and then just plows the fields. He does, dude. I mean, what? There's four kids, right? There's there there's three? three, and then she's pregnant. Right. The, like during season one. Right. Yep. What are their names? Can you remember? Uh, there's, My, Milo? There's Milo, there's Iki, there's Janora. Yes. And then the... Can't remember the baby's the, name. The, the baby's name starts with like an R. I think it's like... I don't think it's like Rohan, but it's... I think it's some... Or like Rowan maybe or something mm. like that. Okay. I can't remember, but I know it starts with R. Yeah, it's been a second. Um... But yeah, he's but yeah, they're all he's got a whole his whole little island. He's got Air Temple Air, Island. Yeah, dude. Um, and the whole thing is Korra's going there to learn airbending. Mm-hmm. And it's very I found it so cool that like I mean it's such a devastating moment. Amon actually takes her bending. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the season. He gets her. That was devastating. I was like, well, where the fuck do we go from here? Gets her, gets fucking Chief Beifong. Yes. Toss daughter. Yeah, so we didn't. T- I love that. I love Chief Beifong, dude. Um, she's also another like kind of celebrity guest, Mindy Sterling. Oh, really? Um, that I mostly know her from uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's she <clears throat> plays Chief Beifong. I didn't know that. And I love how much metal bending is like a, a way of the police force in yeah. the series. Like they use it with the blimps. Yeah, the They've got the, or... the handcuffs. Yeah. yeah. And the whip. Yes. Fucking pull it's up with dope, the whip. Dude. Yeah, I got a strap. I got a carry. <laughs> yeah, dude. So but but then so when she loses her her bending, it's just so great to see her reach down and she lets out that punch and that first burst of air bending comes out. Yes. Um the and way then, that Aang just comes to her. Yeah, she's left with that after that, but and she's so depressed, and you can feel that so heavily that she's just stuck with airbending now. She doesn't know if she can do anything else. Mm-hmm. And then she takes the trip down to the glacier. She's she's back where she started in season one. Yeah. Where she trains with the White Lotus. Yeah. And then it happens. She hears a voice from behind her, I believe, mm-hmm. talking, and she looks up, and it's our motherfucking boy. She's never been able to connect spiritually. Yeah, she to any yeah, past to avatars. Any, yeah, to any of them. Um, I I think it had to do with her her head, you know. Yeah, that hard head just, mentality. Yeah, she was just blocked. Yeah, she set up all these like mental barriers that she had to like get through. Right, and it just feels so good when she finally does because he I mean, talks to her. Yeah. You get that moment between the two of them. Oh, and then he gives her like energy bending. Yes. He's so like, here good. you go. This is how you can get your bending back. And then he like does the thing. Fucking king. Ooh, we love it. And then we see all of the past avatars pop up. Ooh, we love it. Oh my god, that <laughs> shot is so good. Ooh. 
So I love it. Beautiful end of season one. We, you know, are slowly breaking down that hard-headed stubbornness. Yes. That core kind of clings on. She's becoming more malleable. Of yeah, more avatar like, I guess. Yes, exactly. And it's it's coming a hard more journey. coming more into her responsibilities. Yeah. It's it, every avatar faces it in a different way because it's mm-hmm. kind of a big responsibility. Oh, for There's sure. There's much to do to prepare to keep the balance yeah, dude. of the world. Um before I, I I'm gonna say I I like Korra's journey more than Aang's. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean we're also with Korra for longer than we're with Aang. Yeah. Like we're with Aang, like, over the course of a year. Right. We see a lot more. We have more Whereas, opportunity to see change. I was going to say, her. with Korra, we're with her for, uh, I don't know, three, four years or something like that? Yeah, at least per season, because there's there's definitive change. Because like, I, I, I can't remember how much time passes between, I think it's only, like, six months between book like season three and season four yeah but i can't remember how long is between seasons one and two i can't remember how long either i i think it's just the circumstances by the end of the seasons that kind of have that distance and Mm -hmm. create such weight on all the characters and it brings a different dynamic to every season afterwards Oh yeah, um, for which sure. Brings us to jumping into season two. Well, I, sorry, I have. Oh, no, I just no, need to. Okay. I have to bring it up, man. We didn't. Oh, I, 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 I shied away from it earlier, but now I have to talk about the fact that they show in this kids show, like Tarlock and Amon get away. Oh yeah, dude. That's like the end. Yeah, they like get away. He escapes. They escape in a boat, dude. Yeah. So Amon, who is Unalak, escapes with Tarlock, who was his brother. They were the ones who were forced to blood blood bend together. Yeah. It turns and they out get they, away. He was, Amon was taking people's away, bending away with blood bending. Yeah, that that was the big to like secret. block their chakra points or whatever. I think. Right. Um. And it turns out that his like scarred face was just makeup, yeah, which is hilarious. It's a bullshitter. But they get away, and Amon is just like, "This is great. This is great. You and I, we can just we can escape, and we can you know rebuild." He's driving the boat, and we can do it again. Yeah, it's great. I'm so happy to have you back in my life, brother. And Tarlock just like grabs one of the like shock gloves. Yeah. And just holds it over the the gas tank of the end like the boat that they're in and just ignites it. Boom. Boom. <sighs> they're dead. And they fucking die in an explosion. That's ba- I mean that's pretty much an on-screen death, you know. You don't see parts flying, but Yeah, you don't see it's limbs. Kind of, out, it's a lot. Like, yeah, crazy, dude. Man. They die. Um very deep and like Tarlock's voice, like the performance the yeah. voice acting in as that as he's moment. just like You're... yes brother yeah it's just so his eyes are so dead it's, it's like a sad. it's like a fucking of mice and men moment like taking right? Lenny out to pasture it's a <laughs> <laughs> that one brought Davis yeah. in classic <laughs> um yeah it's very sad man um so they do show some something pretty fucking heavy even in the first season yeah um and then, yeah, that's the end of season one. Yeah. I, I wanted to hear your initial thoughts on season two because it's probably the least well-received. Yeah. Um, 
This is when spirits become the main focus. I think it is like the weakest season. For like surely, yeah. But I still liked it. I liked the plot points that they do. Um I thought it was a really cool idea to like do a civil war. That's what I really enjoy about the season is this like there's like political intrigue yes. going on and like you know they meet we didn't talk about it, but in the first season, they meet a guy named Varric. Oh, my God. Is, I forgot he's in He's basically one. just like, you know, I'm a Marvel fan. He's like the Tony Stark of the Korra. Oh, my God. Of the dude. Avatar universe. No, but like he's just like a genius. Yeah. Uh, he's a fucking psycho. Inventor, though, but he's also time. like insane. Yeah. Uh, Julie, do the thing. Julie. Um, and then in season two, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm here helping out. Uh, funding the rebels for this civil war. Yeah, no, and he's also shady as fucking season one, like, right? Or yeah. Is it, yeah. I mean, he buys out yeah. her comp- Asami's company. Yeah. He does some shady shit, and he's like, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> he goes through a lot. I mean, he, he does. He, he his does. character changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a, a weird spot for him still because he's he's doing that with, like, the, the rebel army. Um, is this when Nuktuk happens? Yes. This is when Nuktuk happens. And this, yeah, he makes a fucking propaganda film, a mover. He starts movers. He, in, he invents. My movies. man invents movies, and in it's this, for the purpose of, of war propaganda. And it's prop, yeah, war propaganda. That's fucked, dude. They make Bolin get shirtless, and they turn him into a waterbender, even though he's an earthbender. <laughs> he's the hero of the of the hero of the south. Yeah. <laughs> The fucking uh, special effects, dude. When he punches and they just I love that he's like so down bad for the chick that's in the movie. And she's just so indifferent to him. She's like, the scene's over, dude. Get the fuck off of me. It's so good. (laughs) He's like, wait. (laughs) No. That that was he's like, I thought I thought we did I thought that was really good. She's like, no, dude. No. Fuck off. Also, I love in Bolin, season dude. two, Bolin gets, like, betrothed. I love it, dude. So good. What are those characters' names? I think it's, like, Desna and Eska. Desna and Eska. Desna. Who uh, plays the girl? It's, like... It's Audrey Plaza. That, that's her name, yeah. She was in, uh, I think, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Really popular character in Parks and Rec. Um, she's Aubrey so Plaza is her it's name. It's great. Yeah, she was... Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Parks and Rec is what she was in. She was in something else too, but I can't remember. She's like your emo queen. Yes. Very emo. Yes. Um, oh no, she. I remember. Yeah, she was in um, <laughs> Dirty Grandpa. Have you ever? Oh, really? With Robert De Niro. No, I've never seen Dirty Grandpa. I think that's what I've I seen. Think Bad Grandpa. That's the one with like Johnny Knoxville and Bad like. Bad Grandpa is Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. yeah. So Dirty Grandpa is. It's Zach Efron. Yeah. And Robert De Niro. That's fucking weird, dude. And they go on like a spring break trip together. Right. With like Rob, like Zach Efron's friends, and one of them is Aubrey Plaza. And she is like so fucking horny. Oh my for god. For Robert De Niro in this movie, dude. Oh my god. She's dude. like she's like, I want to fucking gargle on your balls. Jesus Christ. Daddy De Niro. And Robert De Niro's like, all right. <laughs> well, okay. You're like hell yeah, sister. 
Jesus Christ. But that's yeah, so funny. That's, that's the other movie that I remember her being in. Well, no, she does this perfectly because like in Parks and Rec, I think she plays the same kind like of... Like a very dead, like deadpan yeah, kind of... Which is exactly what she is in this. I, I'm not good with the names in season two. Like the character names? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like um, Cora's uncle's name. Who is well, like he's the, Unalak. He's, is he Unalak? Yeah. Have I been fucking up the whole time? Because... I think I think he's Unalak. Aman. Yeah, yeah, because Unalak is yeah, Unalak is her uncle. Fuck me. So what? Let me. I'm trying to find Aman's real name. What is it? Live Google searches. Aman's name is Noah Talk. That's Noah what it Talk. is. Yep. Fuck me. Yep. 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 Um. Erase. Every time that I said Unalak when we discussed season one, that was... Davis, this is on you. You have to do a lot of editing for this. Every time every <laughs> you need to listen to this, and every time you hear in the previous part where he says Unalak, you need to replace it with him, with me saying... What's his name? Noah Talk. Noah Talk. <laughs> that voice clip right there. <laughs> yeah, Noah no, you don't, have, you don't have to do that. <laughs> he, said, he said, oh, I, I know, know I don't, bro. I was just letting you talk. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Snow yes. deep fake you for seventeen hours. <laughs> Davis has too much dirt on us, dude. <laughs> Voice clips of us saying a but like he definitely has enough audio to like destroy us make, in any way. Yeah. To make deep fake voices. It, to synthesize our voice into saying phrases. So yeah, Desna and Eska. <laughs> I love Deku. I love Deku. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up on our My Hero Academia episode. (laughs) All right. So, yeah. So, back to Korra, anyway. Desna um, wants uh, Bolin on a leash. She's just like, she literally is like, oh, you're, I like you. You're mine now. You're mine now. She looks at Bolin and says, is for me. And it, and gets him, and he's like <laughs> terrified. He's so scared, dude. He's looking for anybody to fucking save him. He's just like, I don't want to be this woman's pet. So the whole shtick in this show is in this season is um, spirits. Yeah. What's wrong, like, Cora? Says Unalak, her uncle. You can't fucking talk to spirits like this, like me. And then he d- and you can't see me right now, but I'm doing hand. And you're just motions. flipping his hands like a madman. He's and, he's working his hands. And I'm I'm talking to the spirits and I'm bending them, and they're no longer hostile. They're no longer hostile. He's calmed them with his hand movements. Mm-hmm. I can te- I can teach you that, Cora. He can teach. This is her. something that we can do for you. She says that's cool, Tenzin. I'd like you to go swallow thirteen bags of. He's dicks. my new spiritual ga- guru. Yeah. Yeah, bye, Tenzin. Bye. Bye. You're broken. <laughs> I don't want to play with you anymore. Holy shit. Literally, I did feel bad for my man Tenzin. That part made he, me he's, mad at Cora. He, he's sad about it, too. As he should be, because he, he troubles with spiritual things himself, but mm-hmm. he also has the responsibility of being the spiritual guide to the Avatar. Yeah, yeah. And he's failing. Mm. And some dickhead's taking over. And it's a dickhead. Big dickhead, man. Oh, I'm your uncle. Uh, oh, Unky Unalak. <laughs> Unky. Fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Love when we body Davis. Um, 
I liked this season. I think there's parts that don't work as well. I love the Civil War stuff. Civil War stuff's great. Um, or his father's backstory. Yes. Get some info on that. Also, you know, the first Avatar. You that get, has got to be my favorite part. You I get think. you get to meet the first Avatar. Avatar Wan. Nope. Num- he's a number, number one. one. Number one. He was number <laughs> one, too. <laughs> um... But yeah, that was super dope. Spirit I love the they do a stuff is entire dope. different art style yeah. for that origin story. What is it? It's a two episode. I origin. think it's like two episodes. Yeah, because Korra gets like KO'd. Yes, yes, and then she's she gets like healed by like fire priests. Yeah, being revived, and she's going. She's experiencing this connection with Juan. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that shit. the The way that the world was back then is so wacky. When How everybody you got... lived on lion turtles and the yeah. spirits were just out in the world, right? And you had to have bending to protect yourself. Yeah, which I I th- I think I heard there's some people that don't think that this matches up with lore, like some lore, OG lore, or whatever that was matched. Well, I think they the just say like, oh, in the last Airbender, they say like, oh, people, you know, Earthbenders. The original benders were badger moles that taught right. people, you know, he, uh, water benders learned bending from the moon. Uh, f- fire benders learned it from dragons, blah, 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 blah. So, like, people say, oh, well, if that's the case, how did, how come the lion turtles give them bending? Like, they can't be given bending but still learn how to master it from the other like natural from the beings. moon, and yeah, from the, yeah, yeah, right. So it's it's more like the turtles are the first ones to bestow like any they, kind of power. They give yeah. it to you, but you learn it right from these beings, right? So basically, people that's had a how problem. I, I was gonna say that's how I always understood. Yeah, it. and that, it made sense to me. I was like, yeah, okay, so you get inherited this power. These are the first batches of people that have been receiving power like yeah, this. Yeah, that's how it's gonna start being passed on, and that's how benders are gonna be. Bread, basically. Yeah, I mean, no, that's how it for starts. sure. I loved how that worked too. How it was like, okay, you're going out to hunt. Yeah. The lion turtle touches like ten of you and gives you fire bending, and then when you come back to town, it takes it away from you. Yeah. You yeah. only need it when you go out. Right. <laughs> and one. He keeps it. He's like, I'm done with this fucking town. This turtle, st- not well, the turtle. Well, he keeps it. He first he keeps it because yeah. it's like a feudal kind of the dude, the lord of the town is like, oh, I have all yeah. the grain, right? And he tries to like lead a rebellion, yeah. with his bending, uh huh. But then he gets kicked out, yeah. But he gets to keep his bending. <laughs> but he gets to keep his bending because he die without it, right? Exactly. They're like, we're not going to send you to your death. You have something, yeah. Go, go. Just get out and never come back, right? Um. Yeah. See you, dude. Pretty much. Um. And then he sees two spirits wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. He gets. He has a first terrible night, as if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. And then it just kind of shows his journey as he meets more spirits. He starts understanding them and how they work more, yeah. so he can coexist with them. And he was a a very spiritual avatar. Oh, for sure. That's when they bring in more deep lore. We've got. Like how he had his like spirit animal connection, like the yeah. deer thing that he rode. Yeah, yeah, love that stuff. Um, then we get introduced to Vatu. I was gonna say he comes across these two spirits that uh-huh. are just locked in battle. Yeah. Um, 
Reva is her name. No, 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 no not Reva. Rava. Rava. Um, they're interlocked, and Juan's like, yo, what can what I do to help you? Yeah, and, and Vatu's <laughs> like, uh, I'm too weak. Yeah, I dude. can't hold on any longer. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. And he's Rava's, in Palpatine Rava, Literally, and Rava's like, He's too powerful to be left alive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and then Juan is and like, Juan is like right. I need him. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. So he helps Vatu because Vatu seems like he's in danger. Yeah. And uh he breaks their like eternal struggle. Right. And uh then he just he's like, ha ha, I'm free. I'm gonna go corrupt everything in the world. Now. Yeah. Ha ha ha. You suck. You suck dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then we find out the only way to keep you can't kill this motherfucker. Yeah, because he'll just respawn inside of Rava. Yeah. Um Rava and Juan like fuse. So yeah, that's the thing. She just follows him around, kind of. Yeah, for a while. After their encounter. Like, they just kind of coexist together, and he, like, they learn that he can take the other elements, like, she can store them inside herself. Right. She can just pass through him and then transfer bending or take it away from him. Yes. So he's so able, working he, together. Yeah, he, like, he spends, like, the next, like, six months or whatever training like he goes to all the different lion turtles and he meets all the different like tribes of the lion turtles such a cool journey and um it shows like a montage of him meeting like the prehist like the prehistoric airbenders with like the different tattoos yeah yeah i Very love that cool. shit um Seeing where everything started and literally seeing the origin of how the Avatar came to be. Yeah. And you, it's literally, it just, he'll start bending and then Rava will pass through him and he'll go from fire bending to water bending and then she'll yeah. pass through him and then he'll be earth bending. Those are really fun shots seeing that um, when they're in the heat of battle. Yeah. Going at it like that. Um, the whole harmonic convergence idea. As I, Vatu gets stronger, yeah. Rava gets weaker. And yeah, they have to f fight him at harmonic convergence. One one place at one specific time. Only only way it can happen. Yeah, and they fight, and uh, they fuse permanently. Yeah, Va uh, Rava and Juan. Mm -hmm. Because it's something that can happen during harmonic convergence. Yeah, and. Uh, now he's like the Avatar. That's and, how it's set in stone. And he beats Vatu, and instead of killing him, he locks him inside a tree for like yeah. like a tree in the spirit realm for like eternity. Right. And then, in order to make it so nobody could like get him out, he like severs the link between the spirit world and the real world. Yes. So changes the world forever. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they just go ahead and fast forward. And they're like, and, well, we're going to show yeah, you and then it's death. like, Yeah, and then it's like, okay, well, now that the spirits aren't in the world anymore, the lion turtles are like, our time in this world is done. Yeah. Everybody get the fuck out. Uh, here's bending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And they give everybody bending and then they fuck off. And then like people start colonizing the world. Yep. And they get wars into, quickly break out. They get into conflicts with the with the remaining spirits of the world that are left in, and then yeah, just straight up like wars start breaking out. Feudalism happens. And yeah, it's kind of a sad. Juan spends his entire life yeah fighting these conflicts. Yeah, and when he dies was... feeling like he failed. Isn't it fucked up? And then Rava's just like, "No, you didn't fail. We're going to live on." And reincarnate forever. That's like the happy part that he gets at the end, but still. But he still fucking dies. He's just like dying against this fucking earth stone, you know. His spirit friends have all died. Yeah. His his spirit animal has died. That takes place in a a scene that you can see in Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes, when it's Zuko alone. Yep. Yeah, the big field of the uh, Earth Kingdom discs. Yes. So cool. I love that they they hit you with that good mm-hmm. shit. Um, so that's the best part of season two. For I think. sure, I just I love it. It gets a little wacky at the end um, with the Vatu stuff. The dark Unalak's avatar. Like, uh, it's me. I'm the dark avatar. Unavatu. I'm fucking Unavatu. I'm giant now. We fused. I'm huge. I'm huge. And, and then, I'm gonna step. And then, it's a Chimera film then, by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, Kai. Kaiju, Kaiju film, uh, yeah. and then Korra is like, "Well, I'm if you're astral projecting, then I'm gonna astral project." Yeah, she. I mean, <clears throat> I like that. That is her touching. Yeah, a different part. Yeah, um, of her spiritual. Oh, absolutely. Belief for the first time, like yeah. she gets in the tree in the mm-hmm. spirit tree and meditates. Yeah, and this is after she is severed from her past. She avatars, does get severed from her past avatar, which was a. Devastating Rava choice. Rava gets ripped out. Yeah, detrimental shit, man. Oh yeah. Uh, that was a big thing heading into season three. I, I think. think that's also why a lot of people didn't like Korra as a show because she gets severed like that. Because they get rid of like Ang and all the past lives. I think that it's a bold choice, but I think it's a good choice. So do I. Like, There's I'm, consequences. Yeah, no, I'm all here for a show with real consequences to its actions. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's the first Avatar who's ever going to have to deal with that. You know, what she's I mean? the new first Avatar. It, literally, yeah, literally. The cycle begins anew with her. Right. Um, it's just, and now she has to go through the rest of her life without having the guidance of the previous avatars. Exactly. But she's got her team around her to encourage her and yeah. be like, well, we're here for you, homie. Exactly, like, like yeah. pretty much. Like, Also, you get to see Aang in season two again. Yeah. But also, it's Tenzin gets to talk to him. Yes. Tenzin and uh, Boomy and uh, Kaya. Yeah. They find them in like, well, I think it's just like they're a hallucination maybe. Yeah. But they find his spirit in like that foggy... That's in season area. two? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Holy shit. I think it's in season two. Because they go into the spirit world, I think. It might be season three, but I think it's season two. You might be right. Because do we get some Iroh in this season as well? Like Korra's traversing? Iroh isn't until season four. That's season four? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, hot dog. Hot dog. Because that's when she's like dealing with her trauma, I think. Uh-oh, hot dog. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. It's been a second since I watched Korra. The earlier seasons. Here, let's see. 
Live Googling. We're, we're live Googling. Hello. This is us. We're just Googling. It's just us, us looking shit. things up. <laughs> oh. When does Cora meet Iroh? Come on. We're almost there. Hold on. A new spiritual age. The tenth episode of book two, Spirits. Oh, okay. okay. So she is. I thought so because it, it. Okay. So is that the Dark Lord Steel Robo Yeah, you may be entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> um, I just love seeing Iroh, man. Yeah, that was a really good part of season two as well. I kind of forgot about. Um, you get our boys' guidance again. Um, how do you feel about the wrap up of season two? I mean, I like the end end. Yeah. The astral projection fight was a lot. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. But a little wonky. Getting but... getting Vatsu back in the tree was cool. Yeah. She decides to leave the portals open. Yeah. Which is a huge you know, as choice as as the avatar, I have to be the. I'm I'm no longer the bridge between the worlds. I'm yeah. the mediator between the worlds. Right. And she's like ready to take that responsibility, which is a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot. And then we jump into my favorite season. Hey, we got to take this shit off the air. <laughs> yeah. We're taking this shit off. This is too much. You have too many people like dying on screen. Let's let's talk about the possibility of a complete anarchist group of criminal benders mm. whose goal is to oh, also, abduct the avatar. Also, by the way, through harmonic convergence, um as a side effect of the events of book two, um, in order to Harmonic convergence kind of brings balance to things. Um, airbending's back. Harmonic harmonic convergence said, "Where are all my airbenders at? Where are they at?" <laughs> so we get a fucking dope sequence in book three of, of a new mission statement for for the airbenders. They're they're finding new airbenders. They go out and they look. It's like a whole montage of like them tracking down like reports of people who are now airbending. Yes. Um you find like it's like the strangest collection of people. There's a dude who just lives with his mom. Yeah. Who becomes He doesn't he, want to go. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then he becomes an airbender. I love it. Fucking Ang's oldest son, his first son, yeah. Boomy. Uh, who was a non-bender? He wasn't born with bending. Yep, becomes an airbender. I thought it was beautiful justice. Oh, so good. You the way you find out it. too. Just he accident. He like he's about to die. Yeah, like, falls he like off falls an edge. off a cliff. And Thankfully, saves himself. That's yeah. how they figure out that they're like what? Yeah, and then they he's figure like, out more he's airbenders. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> boom. He's like, huh? What season does Boomy take down an entire camp by himself? Is that season one? And he he does it completely by accident. Like, do you I, remember the scene I'm talking about? I think so. I think that's season one, maybe. Was he in season one? Boomy? Yeah. Maybe he was just at the very end. 
So maybe it's maybe it's like this season or season four, perhaps. Yeah. Well, because I was gonna say I know he's in book two as well. He's just so clumsy and like. I love him. He's like a war like general. Yeah, like, I was say he's like the commander, yeah. like the head commander. Yeah, but he's still a big dolt, pretty much. You know yeah. what I mean? A lovable you, one. Though. That means like you know, you know, he had like big Sokka influences. Yeah, for sure, dude. Most definitely. It's so good. So such a fun personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so people start coming, like getting bending. Yeah, and uh, one of the people who get bending, um. Is this guy who's like locked in a? He's in prison. Yes. And he's like up on top of a mountain, where like you can't escape from. No. Like you can't get out like by normal means. Right. And he's a non like he was a non bender, so he couldn't do anything. And he's like under lock and key with the White Lotus. They're keeping an eye yeah. on him. Yeah. Yep. And he realizes that he has bending, and he does the only thing he. That sounds reasonable at the time, and he fucking uh, breaks out of yeah. jail. He's like, hello? I'm All right. Out. I'm out, and I'm going to go free my homies. He obviously already had um, a huge martial arts yeah, influence because he he's yeah. using airbending in his own mm-hmm. kind of way. He Well, he he studied like the, like the airbending uh, gurus yeah. and... Guru Lahim? Guru Lahim. Uh, and... Just he, so he knows all about like airbending techniques and shit like that. Yeah. So yep. it's like he's a master without having the ability. Right. And he just so happened to be gifted. And now he just has to get the experience of actually using it and he'll be unstoppable. Yeah. So what happens when there's a group of people trying to find airbenders and then there's somebody who says, hey, I just found out I'm an airbender. I'm a terrorist. They bring him back to Air Temple Island, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we quickly begin to figure out that there's more people secluded in these cages. But these people already have... And they're all like, yeah, they're all benders, and they're all kept in... These crazy prison cells. The, like, prison cells that are specifically designed for them. Yes. So they can't break out. Like, there's an earthbender guy who is kept in the on a, like wooden yeah raft in the middle of like the ocean. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh there's the girl is like kept in like the volcano area almost. Yeah. There's a no moisture in the no air. No moisture. The the firebender lady is kept in like a sub-zero prison cell like yeah. underneath a glacier. Uh-huh. And she's like Mr. Sparky she's like, Boomer. Yeah, combustion lady. Combustion lady, yeah. She has the tattoo on her eye, and she can shoot out those explosive blasts. I was super happy to see that they brought that technique back. Yeah. So it's like something that doesn't only happen once. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And he breaks them all out. Yeah, he does. And what it, was their goal? Oh, yeah. It turns out that like the reason that they're in prison is because uh, like 10 years ago or like 15 years ago or something like that, uh, they tried to... Uh, kidnap and kill Korra. She's gonna kill a child. Don't mind me. They're they're called the Red Lotus. Yeah, dude. And they're all about anarchy. Fucking anarchists and guess the fucking voice actor is fucking Hellboy, dude. It's uh, fucking it's the dude from Black Flag. Oh wait, is it? Is it for um? What's his name? 
the the main antagonist's name. Zaheer. Zaheer's voice actor's Black Flags uh, singer. Oh, Henry Rollins. Henry yeah, Rollins, yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know why I thought Ron Perlman. But it felt perfect. It's about anarchy. <laughs> it yeah. Is. So it's just like, no, like for sure. let's get a fucking punk rock singer yeah, dude. to do this shit. And he does so good. So good, dude. And the fights that you see between Zaheer and the like, situations that were put oh, in in this season. It's so good, dude. This man... Like, this is one of the main reasons why this show... did, Like, why this season didn't air on TV. Yes. he, This man, his, like, one of his first acts when he gets his bending after breaking his friends out is to storm the Earth Kingdom capital. With his full crew, right? With his boys. Roll up on the queen... And create a sphere around her head and suck out all the air in her lungs and kill her. I, like, my... And she drops dead. My mouth was hanging wide open the first time I saw that. And he's like, it's anarchy time. The people of Bossing say we'll be free. I'm pretty sure, like, me and you got to school the next day and just looked at each other in silence for a couple minutes before saying anything. (laughs) Like, you watched it, right? Like, it's insane. You see the life leave her eyes, dude, as he's just like summoning this <sighs> air and just he's literally like it right he's out like, of you lungs. know, you will pay for your like transgressions as like royalty. Yeah. And he just bends it out of her. For real, dude. It, it's just fucking crazy. Um and that's just the first instance of, you know, on screen death. Mm-hmm. Um it's crazy that he just topples the system in Boston yeah, and then, like, yeah, everything and then goes the Earth to Kingdom shit. Completely falls to anarchy. Anarchy like, is the only order. Mako and Bolin's like grandma lives yeah. in Bossing Say and like worships the queen. Yes. She's very much like a fucking British like Yeah. Like one of those people who like are just they love royalty. Yeah. No matter what they yeah. do, no matter what they say, even yeah. The, yeah, even if the royalty might not be like the greatest people, they still are like, oh, they're the queen. Love the monarch. Love yeah. them. And the queen sucks hard. And in, in, in Bossing says she sucks. It's it's the actual daughter or granddaughter of. As I say, I think it might be granddaughter. Yeah. Or maybe it's daughter. I know she ate the bear. She ate his bear. Yeah. It's fucked up, dude. He's pelted, man. Not cool, man. It was his favorite thing. And it wasn't even like a, like it's a special bear. Right. It's just a bear. Just chilling, man. Bosco. Bosco. <laughs> Bosco, please. Oh, a quick shout out to Cabbage Man for creating Cabbage Corp. Dude, Cabbage Corp. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, just a little progression, some corporate progression from My Cabbage Man. My man went from being a man whose cabbages were constantly My destroyed cabbages. by the Avatar to a industry mogul whose cabbages are destroyed by the avatar. He also gets falsely arrested at some point during like the yeah, the season 1 conflict. Yeah, I think he also gets like held up at customs during the Serpent Pass episode. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Fucking great. Um so yeah, moving further into season 3, um you get to meet Toph's other daughter. Yes, um, the other the other Bay Fongs, and there's a lot of, I think her name is Sue. Sue Yin. There's a lot of 
past to work through with those characters. Yeah, they have a background with each other. The whole metal clan is beautiful. They're Dude, like lotus. Yes, they live the in these metal lotuses. Yeah, I love them. These metal lotuses that close up whenever the city is like under attack. They can just. It's so fucking cool. And Cora tries to, you know, she tries try to metal learn bending. How to metal bend, and I think she gets it. Eventually, doesn't she? I I can't remember if she masters it because it's. I, I think, think she, she does. I think she does, she does because mock or because Bolin can't. Um, and then also there's uh, Tenzin's daughter Janora who goes through some like insane growth. She's yes. very spiritual and in t- in tune with the world, kind of more so than Tenzin. Yeah, it's a big thing between the two of them. That Tenzin's just, he's he struggling. Inferior. And he feels like he, he's failing his father in that way. Mm-hmm. He still has that guilt, like, that he needs to be yeah. what his father was. Um, And then, yeah, we get to, like, the end, pretty much. Uh, Yeah, so getting towards the final confrontations. They they win. They capture her. Korra. They do. Uh, before they do, they take out, they take out one of Zaheer's crew members. Um. Oh, Lee. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking combustion woman. Plea. Yeah, they get into a big fight, and who is Zahir's uh, love interest? Yeah, which we did not. They're say, like but... they're they they're pretty openly in love with each other, and yeah. they're fighting the Beifong sisters. And Sue Dude. sees her go to shoot an attack off, and Sue metal bends her like breastplate. Yeah. Off of her head, like off of her, yeah, and throws it at, com- like wraps it around Combustion Woman. Dude, head. this scene is engraved. Like in Davis, my this brain. bitch, she her whole thing is that she shoots explosive shots out of like this third eye she has on her head. She gets a whole like her head gets completely encased in metal when right she goes right before she shoots an attack, and then she like. She fucking shoots the attack and blows her own head up. This is a Nickelodeon <laughs> show, dude. It's um, so insane. And then you just see Zaheer's reaction. And then he's just, yeah, he's like, release your earthly tethers, enter the void, and Homie yeah. starts literally just flying. Yep. Throughout the season, he's talking about Guru Lahim and all of his studies and mm-hmm. releasing your earthly tether. It was like the final airbending technique is like flight. Yeah. And she she was his last earthly tether. You have to tether. release your earthly tethers, and then you enter the void. So, yeah, she dies, and he was just like, okay. He and he just fucking he floated away, grabs dude. Grabs Korra, flies away, yeah. and then chains her up and, like, feeds her mercury. This scene is so fucked up. He's like, oh, I'm just going to give you mercury and uh, poison you until you activate the avatar state, and then I'm just going to kill you. This this is when they get like the fish eye lens like yeah the, like Korra's like losing it like I haven't seen them utilize animation in the series to a mm-hmm. scary and visceral degree like this yeah, until dude. this she's yeah. tripping as she's dying like chained Mercury up. makes you go insane man the 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 point is not only to kill the Avatar <laughs> yes, yes it was it literally like that. that. The point is not only to kill the Avatar, but to completely end the cycle. Like, wipe the cycle out. So by using Mercury for poison, they're trying to activate the fight-or-flight Avatar. Yeah, and if you kill the Avatar in the Avatar state, it's over. Exactly. So, like, this is some serious, devious fuckery, dude. And 
she activates, but she's way too strong for yeah. them. Did you remember when, like, while she's, like, almost activating, she's looking around and she's seeing the antagonist from the first two yeah. yes. books, she, and she's yes. tripping yes. out, dude. Yes. And then I am very on the edge between if I like this fight, like Korra, Korra Avatar State, Korra versus Ahir more than Aang and Ozai, or if they're both at the top for me. Oh, my God. I don't know because this fight is Dude, Korra intense. versus Zaheer is just an absolute smash it fest. It is. Like, it just, like, she dominates him so hard. She's got the chains on her arms. And, dude, and then, yeah. She's scary. The new gang appears, and they fight off the rest of Zaheer's Red Lotus squad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mako electrocutes the water chick in a yeah. pool of water. She's dead. And then Bolin, my man, activates. Poor and... boy can't uh, metal bend. Oh, I can't metal bend? It's okay. I'll just bend lava instead, bitch. Yeah, dude. He's facing off against the earthbender who... That earthbender's thing is that he's he a can lava, lava bender, bend. Yeah. yeah. And then Bolin beats his ass. Yeah, he's like, I'll hit you with your own shit, boy. Mm-hmm. Very good progress for our boy Bolin. And then, and then, yeah, just Korra smashes. She just she breaks free from her chains and just goes ham on Zaheer. Just absolutely bodies this dude. Beats the Love shit it. out of him. Jumping across pillars and fucking like an animal. Like no, she's literally feral. Um, kicks his ass and then lands and like breaks her legs. Yeah. Do you think that her avatar form is so feral because it doesn't have the influence? Probably past avatars too, because like when you activate it, like that's like all the wisdom mm-hmm. and all the yeah like, the actions of avatars. I think I think so. Yeah, like at that it's point, her own unique avatar state. At that point, she was purely just in survival mode, man. That, yeah, no, pure survival mode, absolutely. And she survived. Yeah. And Zahir gets put in prison, and the... J- Janora gets made a, a airbending master. She gets her tattoos. It's such a beautiful ceremony. And then they wheel out Korra on we... a wheelchair. Yeah. And she just looks hollow. Like, absolutely dead inside. And she's watching Janora get made an airbending master, and she just lets, like, one single tear, like, roll down her face. And she's just silent the entire time. It's the saddest fucking ending. And that's the end. And then that somber ending music hits you. This had such an impact on me. I was like, what? Yeah. They're doing this to her? They did it. For real? They did it. Like, you can, you just felt her pain at the Mm -hmm. end of that season, man. It's real shit. It is real shit. And then book four. Book four starts out as just her hardest journey yet. Like this is the completely reformed three months later or something like that. Or six, three Three to six. Um, and she's just been working on herself and she goes missing. She's not buff anymore, dude. She went missing for a bit. Yeah. And she like, it starts entering like underground fight clubs. She's like alone, dude. She's like afraid of the avatar now. Yeah. Like she has like PTSD hard. That form that she was haunts her. She sees it often. With the chains? Yeah. Something that I looked at and I was like, that's so badass because of how hard she beat him down. Mm -hmm. But she's so scared of what she became. Yeah. And And what it did to her. And so she's completely off her game. Yeah. She can't, 
she can't deal with it. And so she goes away to try to deal with it on her own. Yep. And completely ghosts her family and Bolin and Mako and Asami. Um, she talks to Asami more than she does everybody mm-hmm. else. They, they, had had they yeah, they exchange letters. Yeah. Um, and then she ends up in like a swamp. The swamp. And she stumbles across an old lady in the in the swamp. A grumpy old lady. Grumpy old blind lady. <laughs> it's it, Toph. It's Yoda. It's Yoda. <laughs> it's it's Toph Beifong. Yes. She's here. She's old. She's back. She's sassier than ever, dude. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they nailed her performance. Yeah. She metal bends. Like It turns out Korra still had some mercury in her. Yeah. And they she helps Korra like, metal bend it out. Yeah. That was like one of the first steps to Korra, because Korra's just so stuck on what happened, mm-hmm. which who, who wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, that was a first good step to getting back to a new normal for yeah, Korra, yeah. I feel like. And then while she's out on her own doing her own thing. So much is happening in season four. The world moves on. And it turns out that in the wake of, you know, the Earth Queen being assassinated, um, the state, like the Earth Kingdom has broken up into like a bunch of free states. And there's been a lady who's been going around um, for like the Earth Prince. Yep. uh, To like collect them all. Like, to get them all back under the banner of the Earth Kingdom. Right. And uh, she's very good at it. She's super good at it. Um, So good at it, in fact, that she eventually decides that she'd probably be a better ruler than the prince. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? She's doing everything. So no longer do we need an Earth Kingdom. Um, We're here with the Earth Empire now. Whoa. <laughs> that it's sounds the Earth, a little scary. It's the Earth Empire, and and the the prince has been deposed. He's no longer in charge. And I'm Kuvira, and I'm in charge. And you all love me. And you all love me. And <laughs> You have to. And I'm doing experiments. We're experimenting Military with spirits. experiments. Spirit Think science. like Project Manhattan, except in Korra. It's fucking We're wild, making dude. nukes. We're making nukes. Yeah. They are using spirit vine technology for mass yeah. weapons. Everybody's off doing their own thing, man. Like Varric's Bo- there. Bolin is there with her. Which I think is trying to show that she she's her just, charm. Yeah, she like because Bolin doesn't see it. No, he doesn't he thinks that she's doing like, great no, things. She's doing good stuff. Yeah. She's re Connecting the Earth Kingdom, bro. Mako what are you talking about? is bodyguard for the Earth Prince. I okay, yeah. Earth Prince stuff, fucking beautiful. It, it's so funny. He's a great Prince character. Prince Wu. Prince oh Wu's my good. god, I love him. Um, and Mako being stuck with him is hilarious. He's the ultimate straight man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, she just we're, we're right back into like big wartime yeah. things and and the consequences. And she of, like she's like okay, Republic City was built originally on Earth Kingdom territory, so she, that's our land. Yeah, and I'm coming for it. I built a mech. Yeah, dude. And Korra comes back to Republic City basically to find out that all this shit's going down. Yeah. Um, it's like she's just got back, and they're like, "Yeah, we really need some Avatar stuff here." Mm-hmm. Where you been? Sorry, I was with Toph, and they're like, "What?" Yeah, Toph. Right. 
you get some Beifong family drama. Yeah. Because Cuvier is married to one of the Beifongs. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so fucked up, too. Well, once yeah, it gets to the oh end of the God. season between the two. Um, and then you get, like, the characters starting to, like, real. One of the Beifongs we didn't talk about becomes an airbender as well. Opal. Yeah, Opal, yes. And Opal and is, Bolin are interested yeah, in they're, each other. They're, yeah, they're each other's love interests. Yeah. They kind of go through a breakup because he just, like, decides to it's stay with, with Kuvira. Uh-huh. Bad choice, um, boy. But eventually, you know, the characters kind of wake up. Yeah. And they realize what they need to do, and... It's crazy how it all culminates, man. It really is. I mean, it's a full frontal assault on Republic City from the from the Earth Nation. Yeah. Korra's really just trying to be back into it after the hard fall yeah. of Season 3, which she does. She gets her She gets back, back on the horse. Yeah. But she is completely changed at this point. Completely. Yes. She's not at all the person we knew. She's in no season longer one. that like insanely like brash, yeah, headfirst person. She's very much more. I need to stop, think about this. What can we do? Mm-hmm. How can I connect with this person? Yes. The final confrontation with Kuvira is insane. Oh my god, it's insane. It's just seeing the breaking point of the person who is this shown to be this huge. Uh, how do you describe Kuvira? I mean, this standing, overarching figure that's like perfect. She never shows yeah, sadness. No she never emotion. shows like she literally weakness. she tries to she uses her husband as like a target essentially. Yeah, yeah she does in order to hit Cora. Yep, with she's a, like with a laser blast. I know that he she's in there with him, and I'm sorry for this. Yeah, but... blap. And fucking nuts, man. And yeah, for Cora to just get her so broken down, her hair is like unkempt now yeah. like it's yep. taken out of like the, the neat bun that it's always We've in never seen her like that before they're in like that field of like flowers yeah yeah and and Kavir is about to kill her because she's got the gun mm-hmm. the mech's spirit blaster just landed in these vines and she was about to activate them on Korra and Korra just stops her and is basically like I'm not gonna kill you dude like, yeah and they can they have, they connect for a second, and Kavira just breaks down. Yeah. It's a great moment. It's I mean because it's just so crazy how you see Kavira throughout the season, and even Kavira and Korra's first fight. Kavira's like sparring, dude. She's yeah, she's, she's fucking with it. Korra, and like it, Kavira is such a compelling character. I think because she's she's introduced originally as a good person. Yeah, in season three, she's shown in season three as. Uh, like Sue's one of Sue's like yeah. guards and like disciples. And it's such a cool idea to take somebody that we've seen and break our trust in that mm-hmm. way and have them turn out to be such a threat. Yeah. Um I love the characters in the season. I love Kavira's ending point for the yeah. plot. Um, you even get a redemption arc for uh, Sami's father, who we didn't mention much from season one, but he was, He's, he was with Amon. Yeah, he was on the side of the Equalists. Yeah, he but goes he to jail for redeems it. himself. Um, Definitely. He sacrifices himself for in sure, season. yeah. Um, so everybody's dealing with a lot of shit by the end of this season, but we get a beautiful... beautiful the spirit portal. Yeah, we get a beautiful reveal after everything's settled. Um Asami and Korra they walk together. They share a moment together, yeah. and then they uh, walk into the spirit portals together. It's Korra Asami all day, baby. And all day. Like, um, they were they were roommates. 
they were they were best friends. Shut the fuck up. They were best friends. It was just a hug. No. <laughs> and then they, they the very first comic is like, no, we're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, they they fucking confirmed it. They yeah. confirmed no, it for sure. afterwards. They're like, yeah, yeah. And that was one of the earlier instances of an say, LGBTQ relationship. The Legend on of Korra walked so that like other shows could run. Absolutely. For sure, man. Um, um, Kurosami's the shit. Oh, for sure. They definitely showed traces of it. A, a lot of people think it came completely out of left no, field. No, dude. But they were more in they contact. Were, yeah, they were very close with each other. During her recovery than anybody else was. Mm-hmm. So they had time for that relationship to blossom. And, and I'm very excited to read the comics. As I was say, they go more in depth with it in the comics. Um, you also get confirmation that Kaya, um, Aang's daughter, yeah. is a lesbian. Or she's, really? or she's bisexual at least. Okay. Um, because Cora asks her for advice on how to like come out to her parents. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! That's like a thing that you see in the comics as well. That's awesome. And also, there's a comic that, like, a series of comics that is literally Kuvira, like Kuvira stuff. What? It's called like Ruins of the Empire. Oh wow! And it's about like. Them dealing, there's a dude who's like taken over like the remnants of the Earth Empire, and he's he's like, I'm the general now, yeah. And they end up having Kuvir, like, Kuvir is like, I want to help you stop this guy, yeah. Um, but people don't trust her, obviously. But she's like very ad- like she she's very adamant in like wanting to fix her wrongs. She like apologizes to Batar Jr. Wow. Um, Sorry, I almost killed you, dude. He doesn't accept it, obviously. Right, right. But she's she apologizes. Uh, I think her and Cora kind of bond a bit over I, the course of the comic. I love it. I love it. I like seeing character development in that way. And even then, when like, it's hard to face. It, yeah, in the Avatar comics, like the last Airbender comics, mm-hmm. like they have Azula stuff in it. Yeah, and she just gets worse. <laughs> like yeah, she just mentally. gets more. Yeah, like more insane. Uh, that sucks, dude. I mean, she sucks. <laughs> As a character, but I thought they would like take her trauma and they have her she deal with it. She gets like, like she she literally meets her mom and is like broken by it. Really? Of. Yeah. Wow. Like they like she doesn't get like the closure that she wanted from it. <laughs> it's a very real type of feeling, yeah. man. It's a very real type of situation, and that's mm-hmm. what I respect about. I say, them. She tries to kill Zuko and the gang like two or three times while they're like looking for her mom. For real? Yeah. Jesus Christ! Like send her home, dude. Get her the fuck out of here. Zuko's Jeez. like she needs to be here to help find our mom. It's true. Zuko knows. Mm-hmm. He had the best unky. Yeah, he did. All right, man. So yeah, that's we, Korra. We love Korra, dude. Absolutely. Um, love Avatar. I, I don't know if I can pick between them, man. They're two. Really so they're much. completely. They're made for different audiences, man. It's just I don't know. Do, can you do it? Can you do it? Do you have a preference? Like I, I, I think how I feel is that Cora resonated with me emotionally. Yes, on a bigger level as I grew up and I understood depression and these things mm-hmm. more. So that's the thing. Yeah, Cora definitely is like the more nuanced, um, deeper show. Yeah, but I, 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 there's just something about like the Last Airbender that like clicks with me so so much, and just the fact that. You could show a kid Avatar the Last the Last right. Airbender. Can't necessarily have I wouldn't show do a that. kid Korra until they were like 
14. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, that said, I I do love Chorus so much. I don't think I could pick between them. They're both so great in their own ways. Right. They do. They have you know different types of characters. Different. They're telling different types of stories. For sure. Like I said, Aang's journey takes place over the course of like a year, whereas Korra develops over like three or four years time. Right. And so you're going to have completely different dynamics in that case. Exactly. Yeah. It is, it's a hard to explain their, or um, compare their journeys in that exactly, way. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to say that Korra is just a slight up for me because I, I experienced it first. I think... The Last Airbender is easier to watch. Yeah, for sure. You can just throw that Especially on. Especially because you know. there's just so many episodes of it. Exactly. Whereas right. Korra is a lot denser, more impactful. Super story-centric. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, every episode counts. I do love Korra, man. Yeah. Like, just how all the characters are written, how all the stories play out. Yeah. And getting to see the evolution and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. I love I love seeing the time skip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So please watch these shows. Yeah, let haven't. us know what you guys think. What do you guys like more? Yeah. Last Airbender or The Legend of Korra? Did you watch The Legend of Korra? I fucking hope so. Please, if you haven't, then you should. It's all on Netflix now, so yeah. check it out. We're going to be playing some more God of War um coming up, so Either when I fucking beat the game, we'll do an episode on the whole thing, or we'll, we'll just do some. Thoughts, yeah, yeah, we'll do some progress updates. Um, until next time, guys, we will be seeing you. Sayonara. Sayonara.